Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. The, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Shahz Nawaz. I'm, I'm a chartered accountant and I've been practicing. I have had my own practice since 2003. Uh, I've built up a specialist knowledge in all things property, uh, which happened by chance really because uh, I'm, I picked up some clients uh, in, in the early days who were interested in property. Subsequently, uh, I had clients who were doing really well, wanted to create secondary incomes. So they started buying property. Uh, and uh, quite quickly, uh, I got used to the idea that property is a good business, and I've just kind of grown that over the years. Right now, I'm working on a site in Bicker, and if you're on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram and you, you see some of our stuff, you'll see we do try and post regular updates there. And on YouTube, uh, we'll start posting uh, regular videos for you in terms of the progress on the project. Uh, we bought a site for... Uh, Three hundred fifteen thousand pounds with outline planning for uh, forty houses. We took that to, to full planning after having bought that site. The site next door, exactly next door, came on sale for nine houses. So we're building forty nine houses in total with a GDP of ten point six million pounds, which is exciting uh, because that's the single biggest project I've done in terms of new builds. I've won a number of awards, uh, both for entrepreneurship and accountancy. Uh, I used to speak up and down the country before. COVID hit, uh, it's been a bit slower, but that's picking up again. So uh, if I'm in your town, I will let you know on Facebook or social media. And hopefully we can meet up. I've written a number of books. I've got some of them here. Uh, but the one that you'll most be interested in is called The Property Investor's Tax Guide. So if you haven't bought that, you can buy it on Amazon. I think it's $9.99. Uh, it's uh, a very detailed book on all things property tax. And I also own five businesses. One of them is accountancy uh, and Another one is property and children's aid nurseries, and I've got interest in two of the businesses. So I do keep myself rather busy. So the next slide I've got for you is a CGI of the uh, 49 houses in Boston. Um, and uh, it, the projects are coming along pretty well. We started in July, and uh, we're now four weeks ahead already. So, so, so the guys and girls on site are doing a very good job. And that is something I will talk to you about on a separate webinar. The next two slides I've got for you, showing you a bit of detail in terms of what some of the houses will look like. Now, stay tuned until the end, folks, because at the end, I will give you a free gift, which basically is a thank you for saying, you know, for staying online with me for an hour. And it's going to talk you through in detail on the step-by-step -step tax savings that I'm going to talk you through today. So feel free to take notes because I know some people learn better when taking notes. But if you don't have a, a pen, paper, or a, or a tablet, or you don't like taking notes, don't worry too much because if you stay until the end, I'll give you a document which will break down all the tax savings for you. Uh, if you're on YouTube or you consume uh, content on YouTube, please uh, visit my page, Shaz Nawaz. Uh, and if you like the content, subscribe. We're on about 900, I think 40 odd subscribers. Uh, and I'm quite keen to get to a thousand. So if you don't, if, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe and 
put me out of my misery and get me to a thousand yeah, quicker than I anticipate. That would be appreciated. And if you're on Facebook, we have a, a group called Interest Property Tax Experts on, and you can ask questions there. I share regular comment updates on all things property and property tax. Uh, but at any time you've got a question, you can post a question there. The group's big enough now that usually if you post a question, you'll have some other experts in the group uh, sharing and answering questions for you. Now, let's get to the kind of heart and the meat of the content. So before you do any type of tax planning whatsoever, uh, there's three questions you have to answer. And before I come to those questions, if you have any questions, put them in the chat box. I've got my colleague, Kieran here, who's looking after the questions and he'll give me a shout out because I know sometimes people want to ask a question there and then and they kind of forget to, till the end. Uh, so I'm very happy to take questions as we go along. So Kieran, if you keep an eye on the uh, comments in the chat, any question that comes up, fire it off and I'll, I'll share, I'll try and answer it the best I can. So the three questions are, number one, is the, what you're doing in terms of tax planning legal? Because we never do anything illegal. It's not worth it. Uh, usually we even think about that, but you must always ask the question to your tax advisor, to your accountant or anybody. In fact, is it legal? And if you don't pass that particular threshold, obviously don't do it. But if it is legal, the second question is, is it effective? Is what you're doing, going through the exercise of the information, the knowledge, the advice, the cost, okay, is, is the benefit far exceeding the cost? Now, of course, if the answer is no, then don't do it. But if you pass that hurdle too, then the third question you should be asking yourself, is it acceptable? Now, usually when I ask this question uh, in a room full of people, half the room uses, and I say, who, acceptable to whom? Half the room usually says HMRC, and the other half says to me. And I think that the right answer really is, is first, is it acceptable to you? Because if you're going to have sleepless nights, if you're going to be worried, concerned, thinking about this all the time, day and night, then my advice to you is don't do that particular piece of tax planning. It isn't worth it. But if it is acceptable to you, good, big tick in the box. As long as it's legal, effective, acceptable, fine. Will it be acceptable to HMRC? That's a question your tax advisor and accountant should be able to answer for you. And I'm confident and hopeful, by the way, because I've been in the profession 21 years now, uh, that uh, most accountants and, and uh, tax advisors will only ever share things with you which are within the law. So HMRC may have a different interpretation, by the way. Uh, so it might not be ac acceptable to them, but your accountant and tax advisor will be giving you advice based on the tax rules. And the tax rules are written by government. HMRC's job is to act as an enforcer. They police the system. So they may have a different opinion to the opinion you or your tax advisor has. And that's absolutely fine. Uh, HMRC can't always be right. You can't always be right. So sometimes there is a middle ground and a lot of gray areas. So as long as it's acceptable to you and your tax advisor, I'd say it's fine. So once you've answered those three questions, then look at the tax planning. Okay, let's move on to what I promised you in terms of the tax savings. The next slide for you here is the New England Club. So as you can see from this particular photo, which I took, photography is not my biggest strength and asset uh, by far, uh, but you can, see, you can see the building basically. So on the left-hand side, you can see a small red letterbox in the corner. That's pretty much where the building starts. And you, on the right-hand side, you can see where that car is. Uh, the building extends beyond that, behind that car, it's a two-bedroom bungalow. So it's a pretty big and vast building, by the way, uh, and it's uh, sizable. And we bought that for £500,000, which I'll come on to the numbers uh, in a second. And that kind of 
shows you uh, a plan of uh, the what it was called at the time, the New England Club. And alongside that, you on the left-hand side of where you've got uh, number 336, that's the two-bedroom bungalow. And next to that, you've got the car park. Uh, and uh, it's a, a sizable plot, as I've said. So let's get into the numbers and then we'll talk about the tax savings. We bought the property for £500,000 and then it didn't qualify for permitted development because of uh, a particular class use. So therefore, we had to apply for planning. Uh, and obviously, there was legals involved in terms of purchasing the property. So all of that rigmarole and cost amounted to just under £65,000. But I'm just running the number up for you because I think people kind of prefer nice, easy drawing numbers. They're easier to work with. Once we've obtained the planning permission, we then obviously developed the site and it cost us £600,000 to create 12 flats, six one-bedroom flats and six two-bedroom flats. Uh, and we obviously borrowed the money to do the development, although we paid cash outright to purchase the uh, building, which made it really, not really easy, but it made it easier, a lot easier to then give a first charge to the person or the company that was lending us the funds uh, to be able to do the development. Uh, and I usually do that. We buy the, the building or the land for cash and then we raise development finance on it. I just find that that works well for me and my investors and my JV partners. So 65500 was the interest paid. So the total cost of the entire project came in at $1.23 million. The GDV based on an uh, on evaluation, and this took place end of March this year because we finished the project there or thereabouts. The, the, the valuation was 1.65 million. So the profit on this particular development, if we were to sell it, comes to just under 420,000 pounds, so, so 419,000 pounds well, and, and 500, which is a pretty good return on any type of commercial conversion. So if you're new to commercial conversion or you haven't done commercial conversions, a lot of people will say to you, you should be aiming for minimum 20%. And I think that's a, uh, a good uh, guide. Sometimes I've seen people do 18%, sometimes even 16%, but they're usually the bigger developers who are churning out deals and they've got uh, big teams that then need to keep busy and they're, they're buying materials cheaper than what you and I can buy. So therefore, they, they've got to look at the margin, but they've, they've also got to do a certain number of projects. But if you aim for 20% as a baseline, you'll be doing well. By the way, some people make 25, 30% plus uh, depending on the deal. So you can see here, the margin is pretty decent at uh, £419,000. So it, 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 it was a good deal to start off with. Now, when we bought the property, uh, it had an, had an option to tax. What that simply means is somebody at some point in the in the past uh, wanted to do improvements on the property, and there it was it was, a, it was going to be a significant amount. So they had two options. They either obviously when when you do work on a property, you've got to pay VAT on it uh, in terms of the materials and the labor charges if you're. Uh, contractor is VAT registered and usually on these, these bigger projects they are going to be VAT um, registered uh, so HMRC say you can have the VAT back but there's two things you have to do going forward charge VAT on the rent and then when you sell the property you charge VAT on the on the disposal so this particular property had a VAT on it and you've got two options where you don't have to physically pay over the VAT 
If you have a sitting tenant in the property, you can use the transfer of going concern rules, which means you don't pay the VAT, but you have to register for VAT going forward uh, so, that, so that you then charge uh, VAT on the rent and then VAT on the disposable at any point in the future. And when you do an option to tax, it lasts for 20 years. The other option is if you're clear you're going to do a conversion from commercial to residential, you can complete a VAT 1614D, give that to the vendor, and if they accept it, then there's no VAT to pay on the transaction. And the benefit is this. If you have to pay VAT, generally speaking, unless you've got the cash in, in, in your bank, you'll have to borrow that money from a bank or a third-party lender or a bridging company. That's going to uh, incur arrangement fees. That's going to incur interest. And it could be three to six months before you get the money back from HMRC. So, so depending on the size of the deal, on this particular deal, it was £100,000. Uh, so the interest over three or six six months would be reasonably significant. So, so you end up saving that. You then end up paying SDLT on the total purchase price. So you, you'll recall from the pre previous slide, we bought this property for £500,000. Now, if we were to pay VAT on the transaction, then we would be paying six hundred grand in total. And the SDLT would be paid, SDLT stands for stamp duty land tax, by the way. Then stamp duty land tax would be payable on the entire amount, i.e. £600,000. But because we weren't paying the VAT, we did not have to pay the SDLT on £600,000. We only paid it on £500,000. So in this particular scenario here, we saved 5% VAT on the £100,000, which gave us uh, a £5,000 saving. And then, of course, you've got to complete a, a VAT return. You've then got to, the HMRC will look at the transaction. So you, you're going to incur, incur fees from your accountant or your tax advisor to deal with that part of the transaction for you. HMRC may have further questions. Like I said, they might draw out the whole process and it could take six months. It's painful. So if you can avoid that, better to do it. So if you're doing conversions, VAT 1614D, if you've got a sitting tenant, transfer going concern. So that's the first thing to bear in mind. And that's where we found some of our savings. The second saving, which is significant, is when you're buying commercial property, always make sure you speak to a tax expert like myself, and there's others out there as well, by the way. So this isn't a, a pitch from, for you to use my services, but use somebody who is aware and familiar with capital allowances. So here I've given you the actual list of the capital allowances that we found in this particular building. I know the, the writing's small, but the figure you want to be focused on is the £126,129 on the bottom right of the screen. So we found just over 25% of the value of the property in capital allowances. That is significant. That's huge. So whenever you're buying commercial property, one of the first things to do is speak to a capital allowances or a tax expert early on so when you speak to your, so once you've made the offer, it's been accepted, involve them then because your solicitor will, will carry out uh, commercial property standard inquiries, the, the CPSE process. And at that point, there'll be questions being asked about commercial, uh, capital allowances. And that's when you need to make sure those answers are, are questions are answered properly and that you investigate the situation to make sure you have a valid claim and you can claim something. A lot of people miss out on this and they should not be missing out on it. And don't blame your solicitor because their job is not to give you tax advice. They are legal people. They are not supposed to be giving you tax advice. And most lawyers and solicitors 
will say to you they are not qualified to give tax advice and then you, you should be seeking that advice independently. So make sure you speak to a specialist, an expert, because I've seen a lot of people miss out a lot of money on capital allowances when they should not have missed out. Uh, and I'd hate for you to miss out. But so you can see this, this example here, the savings are huge. So moving on, I'm now going to go into sharing with you a slide, which is going to talk you through all of the tax savings in one go. So the first one is land remediation relief. When we bought the property, something which we kind of failed to do uh, is uh, establish that how much asbestos was in the property. And it cost us a significant amount later on to clear the asbestos. Now, if that happens or you've got other forms of contamination uh, in your property or in the building, like Japanese knotweed, uh, then what you can do is uh, you can claim land remediation relief and you can claim up to 150% of the costs back to your profit and loss account. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Any contamination that you have cleared out, there are certain rules, and I don't want to go in deep into those rules tonight, but there are certain rules that need to be met. Uh, but if they are, and, and they're the, the thing that you're fixing or removing is or qualifies as being contaminated then uh, or a type of contamination then you can claim land remediation relief it's a fantastic relief you get so you let, let's say you spent ten thousand pounds on removing it because you get 150 thousand pounds uh, 150 percent relief you, you don't claim ten thousand pounds through your PL account you claim fifteen thousand pounds you get you get fifty percent extra as a cost without spending a a single penny extra. So it's a, it's a fantastic relief that you ought to be aware of. That was the first one. The second one, uh, which is interesting, by the way, because when we bought the property, we were applying for planning. And if you've ever gone through planning, you'll know uh, that a local authority will say to you, we'll get this done within uh, eight to 12 weeks. It never takes eight to 12 weeks. Planning always takes a lot longer. It's the same with property. Most times when you do developments, uh, they take longer than you thought they were going to take. They cost you more than you thought they were going to cost you. So there's no such thing as being on time and being on budget. Usually you can be either on time or you can be on budget, but you're not, you're not going to be on time and within budget. It doesn't happen. Uh, and it's, it's the same with planning. Planning always takes a lot longer than you think. And there's always more complications than there ought to be. However, because we did, we'd applied for planning, I was approached by a charity who were working with uh, homeless people and helping to enable them to get back into work. They wanted to use the building. They didn't have any cash to pay the rent. They said, we'll look after your building while it's empty uh, and give it to us for a year. Uh, and I, I did that. Having done that, they took over the business rates. Uh, and because they're a charity, they did not have to pay 80% of the rates. The other 20% they can apply for discretionary rates relief, which they did and they received. So they saved me £10,600 in business rates, which I would have had to pay because for the first three months, if a, a, a property is empty, you don't pay rates. After that, you, you, the local authority will insist you have to pay rates. So luckily for us, because uh, this charity was looking after the building, they paid the rates. So that uh, saved us just over ten grand. Now, the next one's very interesting. Once we obtained planning permission on our property, 
you'll know from experience if, if, if you've been in property for, for a while, once uh, a, a property gets planning, there's an uplift, there usually is an uplift in the value of that particular property. So in our particular example, once we were able to obtain planning uh, for the 12 flats, we estimated, having spoken to agents, that the value of the property was, wasn't £500,000 anymore. It increased to £650,000. Well, when that happened, we then incorporated uh, our property, which means basically we initially we bought it as a partnership. There were three of us. We moved it into a, a limited company. Now, when property moves into a limited company, uh, the value of the property, when it, when it uh, becomes part of, of the asset of a limited company, is the value on the day it, it goes into that, uh, on the company's books. So in our case, it went in at £650,000. Remember, we bought it for 500. It's gone in at, in at 650. So if we sell that property tomorrow, or if we were to sell it tomorrow, or a week later, a month or two months later, or at some point in the future, uh, for let's say 700 grand, the company, the limited company, will only pay tax on 700,000 pounds less the 650, i.e. the figure that the property was introduced into the company. So we'd only pay tax using my example on 50,000 pounds. So the 150,000 pounds increase that we've had, we would not have to pay any tax on that. Now that's going to save us 28,500 based on a 19% corporation tax rate saving when we sell that property at some point in the future. We've not sold it yet because we've held on to it and we're renting it out. But if we were to sell it at some point in the future, which inevitably we will do, that £150,000 gain, okay, we're not going to pay any tax on it because that's the uplift when we incorporated uh, our uh, property development deal. And that's called an increase in the base cost. That is huge, by the way. And that's something you ought to be thinking about if you're doing developments. You can't do it in every single one, uh, but at some point, there'll be an opportunity for you to do something like this with a planning gain. Then on top of that, I've already shared with you the capital allowances, which is £126,000 in terms of the actual value. The tax saving on that is £23,964. Again, significant numbers. So you can see how very quickly the numbers are adding up. Above and beyond that, I shared with you the, the STLT saving and the, and the interest and the fees, which was £7,500. On top of that, the next figure I'm going to share with you isn't a tax saving, but it adds to the cash. Uh, when we actually bought the property, the tenant wanted to rent the property for us, from us, for three months. So they, because it was an ex-working men's club, uh, so they had those big 12-foot snooker tables there. They had food machines, they had other gaming machines there, uh, and they had nowhere to store all of that equipment. So they said, why don't we pay you £2,500 per month for the first three months, keep all of our equipment here. We're not going to use the, the building for anything else. Uh, so I said, yeah, why not? Sounds like a, a good idea. The, the building is going to be empty anyway. So you might as well use it. Uh, and which they did. And of course, they were also responsible for the business rates for those three months. So that got us an extra seven and a half thousand pounds cash. And then the final one is when, if you're carrying, if you're increasing the number of units, reducing the number of units, or if you buy a property which has been empty for two years or longer, you pay 5% VAT on the refurb. Now, if you're going to buy the materials yourself because you think you can get them cheaper, 
then you'll, you'll end up paying 20% VAT on buying those materials. However, if you subcontract the labor and the materials to a contractor, then they will only charge you 5% VAT on their labor charges if they've registered and also on the materials, which means there's a significant cash flow benefit to you and saving for outsourcing both the labor and the materials. So that saved us 20,000 pounds, which again is pretty significant. So all of that added together adds up to 112,314 pounds. And before I go any further, I just want you to look at this slide and see all of the tax savings I've shared here with you, apart from the rent, are all very simple, straightforward. Now, not every accountant can do capital allowances. Okay. Not every accountant may be familiar with incorporating property portfolios. Not every accountant may be familiar with land remediation relief. But if you work with the right type of expert, there's people out there like myself and others who can talk you through all of these here. And every single one of these, by the way, are tax reliefs and uh, exemptions and allowances which are permitted by government and statute and legislation. So there's nothing clever here whatsoever, by the way. This is all very plain, simple, straightforward stuff if you know what you're doing. Uh, and if HMRC look at any of these uh, transactions, by the way, I'm 100% confident, no problem whatsoever. Uh, we will have no problem because we've done it within the letter and the spirit of the law. So we're not talking about tax avoidance schemes here or some complicated stuff and Isle of Man, Isle of Jersey, offshore stuff. None of that. You can see on this slide here, it's real simple, easy stuff. And sometimes we're saying, well, it's so easy, it's hard to believe, but sometimes uh, it's the simple stuff that really works. Uh, so that's a point I want you to take home with you if you don't take anything else, by the way, but I'm sure you'll take something else. So as, a, as an uplift, you'll recall we made 400, or we, we could make 419,000 pounds by selling. The, the 112,000 pound tax saving gives us a cash flow benefit of just over 26%. That in itself is significant. It's huge. You don't see those kind of tax savings. And there are people out there, by the way, working in the world of property who probably don't make £100,000 a year. And we've made over £100,000 a year on one single transaction. Now, if this was a bigger development, by the way, 20, 30, 40 flats, and I'm now I'm working on our next commercial conversion, which should be for 27 flats, Subject to planning, which is going to the planning process now. Uh, so I'll share an update with you on that uh, in due course. But, you know, the savings are big. So always make sure you look at everything in, in detail to make sure you don't miss any opportunity whatsoever. But it doesn't stop there, by the way. From a cash flow point of view, kind of, I've undersold this webinar to some extent. And the next slide is going to show that to you. Yeah. If we kept the property as a partnership, then all three partners would have paid tax personally if we were to sell the uh, individual units. Now, I've assumed a tax rate of 40% here. In reality, uh, we are, are additional rate taxpayers, so it should be 45%, but I want to keep it nice and simple. So if we were all high rate taxpayers, which we're not, we're additional rate taxpayers, if we were, we would pay 40% on the 419,500 pounds uh, uplift in profit or, or the profit. That would mean we we would have paid 160,000, 167,800 pounds in income tax. However, 
Uh, and then you've obviously got national insurance on top, but I'm just looking at the, I'd pure the tax here. That would leave us £251,700 in profit after tax to then either reinvest in another deal or the three of us could divvy up the cash and do what we like, buy a new car, uh, pay off the mortgage, buy a new house, go on a holiday, or just keep the money in the bank account. Now, all three of us are property investors. We are looking to invest those funds into future deals. But you'll, you'll recall from the previous slide, because we incorporated, we would then only pay tax on the profit at 19%, which gives us a much lower figure, which is 79,000. I don't know why on the slide I put 2,400, but it should be 419,500. Uh, but on 419,500, we would pay tax at 19%, and the end figure is right, which is 79,705. So you can see from, from these two, there's a tax saving because we incorporated of £88,095 if and when we come to sell the properties. So the overall cash advantage for this particular project is the 88000 in the tax on selling the units plus the £112,000 from the tax saving from the previous slide. So the total cash benefit to us is well, just over £200,000. And that's huge, by the way. It's huge for me, and I'm sure it's huge for most, if not all, of the people on this webinar here tonight. And that's the kind of tax saving you can make by just being proactive and working with the right tax advisor. So that's basically how we've done it. Kira, if you've got any questions, feel free to share them with me now or later. But here's a few photos that I'm going to share with you. And then we're going to move on to Q&A. So this is the building from inside. This was part of the bar area and it was a hole. We had to knock this side down, by the way, because we had to make a car park. Here's the next photo is of the first floor. Uh, and you can see some of the stuff stripped out. And then here is the next floor up. Again, you can see we just stripped it all back and then built it uh, pretty much as though the internals are brand new. And then the next slides here, you'll see some of the finished product and i hope you'll agree with me that it looks pretty nice and we were able to rent out all 12 flats i think within four or five weeks might, might have been quicker four or five weeks because they're so nice well, pretty much whoever walked in there who was looking for a property said this is good i get my own car park which is gated right opposite the the development is a nice park with an outdoor gym so we get that nice schools in the local area and the place looks pretty good. So they were easy to rent out. No brainer, really. So here's some photos for you on that. So Kieran will now post the guide for you in the comments box so you, so you, you can download it and and uh, you'll get it. And But if you have any problems getting it, feel free to email me and we'll uh, post it to you. Post it to you. We'll email it to you. And just as, as a very quick reminder, uh, if, if you're on YouTube or you watch YouTube, feel free to uh, see my uh, channel, Shaz Nawaz, and I'd be delighted if you can subscribe to it and get me to a thousand subscribers. And if you're on Facebook, feel free to join the Interest Property Tax Facebook group. I'd be more than happy to answer any questions you have there. But there are other experts who can answer those questions for you. A quick date for your diary before we go on to uh, Q&A. Uh, on the 16th of November at eight o'clock, 
I'll be sharing with you how I got 10.5 or 10 and a half flats free, and I mean free without spending a single penny, 10 and a half flats free, plus 50,000 pounds in cash and 88,200, which is 50% of the rental income through a deal that I did, which is called the London Road Boston Project. So join me on Tuesday, the 16th of November at eight o'clock. And I'll go in detail of how I made that deal happen. And just so if you're new to property, that's what we call a pure no money down deal. So I got flats and cash when we refinanced and uh, 88,000 pounds, which is the 88 grand is my share of the rental income. We've got 21 flats in total uh, and the rental income on those is 167,000 pounds per year. And we signed a two year deal uh, with two separate agents who gave us two years guaranteed rent. So we're going to get 167 grand every single year for the first two years. I every single year for the first two years uh, without fail. So no voids, no problems like that. And those are the kind of deals I'd want you to do next if you're interested in, in doing that. I'll talk you through in detail exactly how I did that. So Kieran's kindly added the, the webinar report. So feel free to download that. If you're having any issues or challenges in downloading the report, uh, Kieran, if you take a screenshot of all the people who are on here, my friend, and then we can happily send them a report. Do we have any questions, guys and girls? I can't see any questions here, Kieran. Are there any questions? So if you have any questions, by the way, feel free to post them in the comments box because I left best part of 15 to 20 minutes for the Q&A section. Uh, but if, it, if people don't have any questions, by the way, then we'll finish early. I'm sure you want to get away and there's other things you want to do. So I will hang around for best part of a couple of minutes. Uh, and if you've got any questions on anything to do with property or property tax or a situation or a scenario or any of the, any of the stuff that I've talked about here tonight, feel free to ask a question and I will be more than, more than happy to answer it. Uh, but if nobody has a question, uh, then that's no problem whatsoever. That probably isn't because I've done a good job, by the way. That's probably because everybody's tired right now. And they're thinking, if we can get away 20 minutes earlier, <laughs> we'd rather get away. I think somebody's posted a question. Uh, Yoko. Hi, Yoko. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, did you get the download link? Is it going to be emailed? So, Yoko, if you go up in, the, in this chat box, uh, Kieran's posted uh, a PDF there of the webinar report, which goes in detail, uh, sharing with you how we made the tax savings. However, if you can't download it for any reason whatsoever, Yoko, uh, drop me a, a message tomorrow and I'll be more than happy to email the report to you. We've got Imran who is asking a question. Imran, thank you very much for joining. And the question is, what is the situation regarding capital allowances on a charity-owned property tax? Uh, good question. I'm working on, on, on one right now for, for a client. They are buying uh, a property from a very large charity and the charity obviously isn't paying tax, uh, but we can claim capital allowances on that charity uh, for on that particular transaction. So you can claim capital allowances uh, on items uh, in a building which you are buying from a charity. That's no issue whatsoever. So even if you have got that particular situation or scenario, that you are buying a commercial property, feel free to share those details with me or I know you work with Sam, uh, share them with Sam and we'll happily do the capital allowance claim for you and manage the whole process, including the survey. So Kiran uh, Yoko posted, I think, or he's tried to post uh, the P 
PDF uh, for you again, in case you can't see it or you, you can't download it. Don't worry, Yoko. You've got my details. You can email me. And Kieran, if you just type in my email address there, my friend. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't have my email, just email me tomorrow if you can't get the PDF report. And I will make sure I email it to you without fail. You're welcome, Imran, and you're very welcome, Kassam. We've got quite a few people here, but people aren't asking questions. So I assume uh, everybody is reasonably comfortable and happy and satisfied uh, with uh, this. Okay, well, we've got a question from Bilal, which is the problem this deal is almost half from the tax savings charges. Would you do this again if you didn't have the 200 savings? Yes, okay, Bilal, absolutely. So Bilal's question is, uh, taking out the, 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 the tax savings, would I do this deal just on the £419,000 profit? And the answer, Bilal, is yes, I would, because that's a pretty decent margin uh, on this particular deal. Uh, so I would do that kind of deal every single day. This was in Peterborough, close to home. In fact, it was walking distance from my previous office. It took two minutes for my office to walk there. So it was very close to home. And it was convenient for many different reasons. So I would do that kind of a deal every single day without fail, with no issue whatsoever. I think, Kiran, we had a second question from Bilal, unless it was the same question, copy twice. Okay, then second question from Bilal is, regarding the capital allowances, wouldn't tell us cotton on to their value when you start answering questions as part of the conversion process and then want to charge you to auto time? So this is a, a, a pretty common question, which a lot of people ask, by the way, Bilal. So Bilal's question for everybody else's benefit is, when you start querying the capital allowances, will the seller cotton on and then uh, try and uh, either pull out the deal or, or charge you a higher fee? Well, that thought may cross their mind, Bilal, but by then, it, by then it's kind of too late to some extent. I mean, of course, they can pull out the deal, but let's look at, generally speaking, somebody's had a property on sale, whether for a short while or for a long while, but there's a particular reason they're looking to sell, and more often than not, a seller is delighted, if not thrilled, they've actually found somebody with a pulse and some cash to buy their property. So, so by the time you get to that stage where your solicitor is talking to their solicitor, they're just keen to basically exchange, complete, and get the property off their hands. Uh, so I've never come across a situation where we've questioned, queried, or looked into um, capital allowances, and the seller said, wait, well, hold on a minute, I think I've missed a trick here. Can I now go back and uh, claim some capital allowances or, or can I charge you extra? We've never had that. But that is, that is a genuine concern that people have in their mind. Uh, based on my experience, we've never had it. And I don't think you've got anything to worry about on that, Bilal. Uh, I think you'll be fine uh, because by the time, like I said, you get to that part of the inquiries, the seller is just keen to sell the property and move on as opposed to try and save some money on the capital allowances. If anything, in their mind, by the way, most sellers are concerned that just before exchange, the buyer will say, can I now have a further reduction in the property? So they're kind of, they're kind of glad that all you're looking for is capital allowances and you're not asking them to reduce the price because often enough, by the way, uh, I, I see people who are buying a property try and knock down uh, or trying to obtain a further discount just before exchange uh, because they know that the seller now by the time you, they, 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 they're tired, they kind of they just want to move on. So, so they, they sometimes put, put in a cheeky offer. 
sometimes valid based on a, a valuation or something else that's come up. Sometimes it's just a, a, a cheeky attempt to try and save some money uh, right before they exchange. So if you don't do that, uh, I think that the seller is happy for you to keep the capital allowances because they just want to get rid of the deal, by the way, and take their cash and do what they want with it. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.